Oh, welcome to From the Red Room. Uh, on this episode we're of Resonance, we are talking today with a guest, Jacob Acosta, a great musician, writer, uh, engineer, teacher. Uh, what other kind of uh, labels do you have there for yourself, Jake? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, uh, I like to uh, hike. No. <laughs> I read books sometimes. No, I, it's all... It's, it's part of just what I love to do. I love to do musical things, whether it be writing about it, uh, performing it, uh, making it for advertising, or making it for my own self. I've just been lucky enough to have the talent to do it and then try to execute, uh, you know, the best way, I think, to express myself with it, whether, sure. you know, whether it's uh, any of those things. So. Kind of whatever. I also like pie. I'm a, I'm a pie connoisseur as well. Uh, yeah, Beeline, yeah. Cup Cafe. Okay. I actually have a pie club that I'm a part of. Do you really? It's really more of right a, here in the classy tea. Oh yeah, right here. It's it's more like a personal circle kind of thing. <laughs> so what, if if you're into pie, then you get invited. So okay. are, are you into pie? Is the uh, question. You know, I I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm more of a cake guy. Cake's cool. Cake. I like cheesecake. Okay. Yeah. Cheesecake. The eternal debate. Cake or pie. Cake or pie. You know, oh, yes, the Izzard, the Eddie Izzard thing. Cake or death. Cake or death. <laughs> well, right. obviously cake. Um, obviously. But if you... you Unless you're you goth. Like, oh, yeah. Well, then, always. <laughs> Ooh, death. You know. But Nadine's has the best, I think, cake. Nadine's. It's a local bakery here on Broadway. Mm-hmm. They've been here for a long time. And, I mean, the first time I went in there, it was like, oh, there's older ladies in here. Like, I already know what that means. That's got to be awesome. Lots of experience. <laughs> Here we cool, go. Cool. Well, uh, I really appreciate you uh, sitting down in the red room with us tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, what we like to do is we like to start off with a little bit of history, okay. you know, so that the uh, audience can get a little bit of a background on you, kind of understand where you're coming from, so they can understand uh, why we've brought another artist into the red room. Uh, Jake, you and I go back about what, like maybe 10, a little over yeah, 10 years God, when we first oh my met? Gosh. It, it's been a long time. I remember when we first jammed together. Uh, did we? Yes, we did. We jammed together. Because we were both into the kind of like hard rock thing, and I brought over a guitar, and we were just rocking out. There might have been some alcohol involved. There I might don't have remember. Been. There usually can be. I yeah. Guess. yeah, and that's that sounds about right. I wouldn't no, argue that right. point. No, it was great. And then uh, I I didn't see it for quite some time, and was lucky yeah. enough to bump into you downtown. Where where did I? Where was that? That was at I think it was a restaurant. It was on Fourth Avenue. Well, when I, I saw you were finishing up a set, and that's when you actually were kind enough to give me the Mason CD. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I'm remembering now. Uh, the place that I was performing at, I think, was a Bar Passe. Yes. Correct? That's, we'd also already had a lot to drink that night, so I, yeah, we just no. kind of stumbled in there. Luckily, yeah. like very fortuitous. At the end of that show, yeah. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was uh, our the Mason's first show of this after summer break, so that yeah. was cool seeing you. Yeah, that was crazy. And actually, I, I, you spotted me, mm-hmm. and you called me out. And I was oh, like, yeah, oh, I know your face. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool, and I'm really glad that you did because now we're sitting here. So in the in the interest of a little history of, of Jake, um, tell us like where where you're from. Tell okay. us like your a little bit of like history there. Give you a quick rundown. Yeah, give here. us a quick rundown. Um, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, originally born and raised. Uh, I lived a little bit on the East Coast, lived a little bit on the West Coast. Um, and now I'm just pretty much grounded down here in Tucson. I've been here for over 10 years now. 
I've uh, been making music professionally for over 11 years as a, as a music teacher as well as a performer and all the other things you were saying, right? So so it's kind of like, that's what my vibe is. That's my, yeah. that's my world, you know? Um, and I'm just glad to, I have a lot to talk about today. So, <laughs> so not just my stuff, but also just the music scene of Tucson, you know? When, yeah. what was your introduction to music? Have you always been musical? Was there something that really kind of kicked that off? You know, um, I remember when I was a younger kid in elementary school and I saw this kid get up on a stage and he was playing a saxophone and he was just so cool. And every, all the people, all the, all the chicks, all the dudes, everybody was just impressed and excited and, and he, you know, he knew what he was doing. I think it was like a jazz solo, okay. right? And I was just like, man, that looks cool. I, I want to do that. You know, I want to be that guy. When I was probably in third grade. It was like third grade? Yeah, and that's when, when I joined the you? band. Yeah, okay. that's when I got bit, you know, with the musical bug. And, and I did some violin, but then I went right into saxophone. Because, yeah. I mean, that's what I saw. And um, after that, it was just continuous performing i think all the way through high school i played jazz and then i changed to guitar and that's when i did the songwriting mm -hmm. and i wanted to get into the band scene and that kind of thing uh so, natural talent did you have to work hard on it did you find yourself kind of like um i don't know so, sometimes you wonder i think sometimes it like does come to you really well and sure. other times I'm like oh i gotta work on that thing yeah your musical family uh, my dad was a singer. Okay. My brother, um, not formally trained, but amazing guitar player. Um, I got him in this first band because it was my first band. <laughs> it was this really crappy, like... What I mean, was the name it of the was, band? It was fun. It was fun. It was a band called Dither. All right. But we had named ourselves Shellfix previously. It was just... <laughs> we, we played a lot of covers. It wasn't okay. like a real band yet. We weren't writing a lot of music of mm -hmm. our own and... And even though it was really fun, like I knew that that was just the first band, and sure, and uh, yeah, things just kind of grew from there. My influences grew. I mean, I was playing at that time when I was really young. I was playing like Pantera and Megadeth and Metallica. <laughs> I was, you know, sure, all, all the metal bigger, kid, sure. all the bigger crazy stuff to sing, and then, um, and then I just, you know, went into kind of more rock and roll and hip hop and yeah. and things just kind of grew after that into different genres. I, I'm a very big appreciator of many styles. That's one style. thing that I always really liked about you and was always very yeah. impressive is you you didn't pigeonhole yourself or like your qualification of good music to just one genre. Mm. Like, oh, it's, you know, there's quality everywhere how, you look. I don't know how you could. I mean, I, there's <laughs> so much yeah. out there. It's incredible. Yeah. So um, over that course of time then if your father's a singer your brother's a guitar player you got a lot of family support oh yeah um then and this is still in phoenix when you're where you, uh, yeah. you, like and then you I, said you kind of crossed the country and... yeah but i moved to tucson like when i got my degree so mm -hmm. that was um i went to u of a fred fuchs fred fred fox school of music mm -hmm. sorry i had a few more sips of this whiskey <laughs> um and that's where i kind of honed in the musical yeah. skills right i learned a lot of instruments i learned how to teach music yeah uh to anybody about any instrument and um also where i started my musical career you know during that time with race you there that was mm -hmm. my first I, I remember Tucson. that yeah. yeah oh great great group of people too andrew axelrod alexander uh edwards clarissa debose steve clayton uh scott true love eric true love's brother made it in there for a while too you know west craft was one of the ending bass players mm -hmm. of the band i remember that so that was a great like first band. I I learned so much about production and being in the studio and you know like how to just perform that way versus live and, mm -hmm. and 
you know, maybe how to start thinking about how to grow your fan base. You know, this is the time that Facebook was was kind of a more vibrant thing for people to sure. use for that. And, you know. Yeah, we kind of grew up in different times. And when that stuff started taking off, it, it did alter and change the way that music is presented, the oh, way yeah. that it's promoted, uh, the way that people discover and find music. Uh, yeah, it has been an interesting last couple of decades for the industry, definitely. Today, I want to talk a lot about the music scene that's going on now. Okay. Um, I, I started this blog called Desert Noise. Okay. This is a blog that I host on Medium, mm-hmm. medium.com, because you can host blogs there. There's even, like, profit-sharing stuff, too, where you can, like, have people subscribe to it and then have to pay to read it or I don't know. There's all these things, but I'm like, no, it's going to be free. If I ever put ever advertising on this, it's going to be Tucson based. So <laughs> there you go, keep it I, local. Yeah, I want or, Tucson or Arizona based, yeah. like something that's pro Arizona. I'm a huge pro Arizona person, and and I had a lot of great artists albums that I had featured this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd actually like to play a, a song by an artist before I talk about. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's start with actually, that. Let's jump into that. So I'll play you a song by this artist that was really really impressed by there's this band um called the bittersweet way the bittersweet way they've been around for a long time i mean jedediah foster he is the big kind of driver of the group um i played with the drummer during a tour actually Mm because we shared a show once and that was really cool um i was at the lost leaf in phoenix for anybody that knows about that place but after I heard this song by them, and I had already heard some of their music, I already liked it. It's like this alt um, pop rock that's kind of very nostalgic of the 90s, but it has a more modern influence. And uh, and really, I was just blown away. He had sent me this album package with like an old flexi, flexi disc, which is very typical of like the Russian like Beatles magazines yeah. that had released singles. Um and he just went all out. He told the story. He had all these writers that were in there, too, that were great. He had Dan Gibson, uh, who's one of the big guys at Visit yeah. Tucson, write an article. I mean, because he knows him, right? He's been around for a long time. He had, um, who else? Uh, Mitchell Hillman, who's another great writer in Phoenix right now. I guess I'm talking about before I play it. But, but yeah, it's just that good. So I just want to everybody hear this track by them. It's uh, on And who the, you, who's it again we're hearing? This is The Bittersweet Way from the new album Presence. It was released this year in November and the song is called Already Over. All right.
So you can see why I wanted you to hear that group. I yeah. mean, that's that album, the new album that they just released this uh, past that's year. Presence? Yeah, Presence. Uh, like spelled like actual gifts, right? Yeah. Because um, it's just, it's so good. I It's like from beginning to end, just every song is a great hit with this style, right? It's just so beautiful, so well written. I'm picking up lots of influences there. Oh, and that's where man. what a great thing about like again not shutting yourself off to different or like a specific mm-hmm. genre. You get to draw a lot from it. And that's what I hear there. That was that was great. Epic. Yeah. Uh, so that was with Jedediah Mark Foster. He's the main writer and, and guitar player singer. Uh Jess Pruitt and Aaron Stoner. Those guys are those guys are killing it, I think. And 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 they've been writing music since like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like late nineties. So it's like man you can't it's like you can't find a lot of artists and bands that are still continuing that far mm-hmm. um and still writing that well you know so it's really impressive to me i really enjoy that music um so that's one of the artists i featured on my new blog this uh past 2017 and so where I, can they find the blog uh it's on medium.com or you could just mm-hmm. search desert noise medium and and how do we spell Google the, the noise is it's like it's regular. Real? It's, Regular's yeah, it's, not, it's, not fancy with it's Z's It's not some, like, weird extra Z <laughs> or some, like, dollar sign or a hashtag. All right. <laughs> I'm avoiding that for at least the title. Okay. <laughs> uh, there are some bands called Desert Noises, but okay. it's different, right? Desert Noise Medium um, dot com is where you can find it. So that was one of the artists that I liked. Um, so that's kind of a more, like, the rock style. There were also mm-hmm. some artists this... Uh, 2017 that I featured that were a little more what you would kind of consider the very like iconic Arizona sounds of like desert and kind of cumbia influence and 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 more dancey and maybe elements of psychedelic you know because there's a lot of people that get 
they get kind of into that realm here in sure. Arizona, you know. Yeah, now bit, that we now that we got some people Arizona. with cards, you know, and, <laughs> and you've always had that element, I think, too, of some of that hippie element here in Tucson. Certainly here in Tucson, the, the Southwest is kind of known for a, a particular vibe. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to kind of play another song real quick here, and then we'll do some more talking. Okay. Uh, so we'll just do one more song and do some more talking here, because uh, I'm sure everybody's really wants to hear the talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that this is going to be great. I think people are going to really enjoy being turned on to some stuff they may not have heard. Yeah. No, that's kind of the key with with you know what I've been wanting to do with this. Um, yeah. With this. Uh, oh wow! There's a new live release. How old is the blog? So the blog just started in um, January of okay. 2017. Oh, so you're celebrating re- a birthday. I, I'm celebrating the first birthday of Desert Noise awesome. this month. Uh, I'll be actually featuring a, a, a article that has all the artists that were kind of featured this year. And and I'll tell you about the process of Desert Noise after we hear this song by Sisa. This is Sisa. Uh, that's how you say it, if you say it. And... Um, this song I'm about to play is the first song that um, that I heard by them, mm-hmm. and it's called Vampiro. Um, this is a live version of the song that I'm actually going to play, just because I want you guys to get the idea of what the vibe is with these guys. Mm-hmm. They're really great. Brian Lopez, uh, as you might remember that name, was a big two-song guy. He was in Mostly Bears first that I, oh. that I saw yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And um, he did his own kind of solo stuff. He's been touring globally with these guys. So these these guys are super powerful live. I think they just played New Year's at the Rialto. So so let's check out some uh, Sisa. This is Vampiro. <laughs>
man, right? And I can rarely stay in my seat. <laughs> it's stuff cooks, man, and 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 that's just. I don't dance. Just... I wanted to dance. Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time. I dance a little bit. I did a little shoulder thing in mm-hmm. here. So this is Sisa. Um, but yeah, spell that for the audience. X I X A. If you want to okay. check them out, they're on iTunes. They've been touring all over Europe. They they are main bases here in Tucson. But that's a great group. They're composed um, with some of the members of Giant Sand, who was part of uh, who was part of the How Geld scene mm-hmm. of, of people, and he's kind of a legendary musical figure for Tucson. Uh, Brian Lopez, Gabriel Sullivan, Jason Ehrman on the keyboards and, and vocals. Um, they had Efren Cruz Chavez there on the timbales, congas, and percussion, and Winston Watson on drums. Um, it looks like on this song they had another uh, performer that I wasn't familiar with before named Heikit Korbel playing bass mm-hmm. for them for this tour because this was performed and recorded, it looks like, in France. But I don't know for sure. Let me. I well, know that, that, that sounded great. Yeah. Like, they, that's... So this was um, something that was done, though, uh, live while they were on tour. So, so obviously this group has a high energy... Um, and yeah, like I, I've been looking with this blog to try to feature groups that I feel not are only very good performance wise, mm-hmm. but also good on the on the record. So when you actually go see these bands, you know, you are having a whole nother experience, right? You're seeing why they sound the way they sound. Sure. You know, they're very creative artists. They they work very hard, you know, all the time, every day, and and. and you know, I guess as being that kind of artist myself, I re- I relate to that. I yeah. understand what that's like, and and I think that it's time more people know about the Arizona music scene. And, and well, I love that. Things. I thought that that yeah. that really represented well. That you've already started us off to a great start, and I want to take a quick little detour just to ask you on the live versus the recorded front. Um, when it comes to those things, like obviously you have bands who are good at one or good at the other, and then some right. that are great at both. Um, to me, like the live experience that I feel like that probably came, well, obviously came first in the history of man and music and art. And then the recorded yeah. version was trying to capture that, capture that energy and capture that. Mm-hmm. But, um, how do you feel? Have you, have you done some live recordings yourself? Do you, you feel uh, you find it a different experience? I've done some live recording actually. Um, I think that that live versus studio is just thinking in different worlds. Sure. You, in my opinion... There's a lot of things, you know, arrangement-wise you can do live that changes it, right? You can yes. you can change the hooks, you can give people a different kind of vibe, but also what happens in live is something most musicians don't maybe talk about all the time, or maybe they do, I don't know. I don't think I hear enough about the audience. And you know felt what I mean? Going there. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah, there's where, that give and take. Can you hear the audience in the performance even when, even yeah. if they're not mic'd, you know, yeah. can you hear where the breath is or where the pulse is because that's always dictated in every show that you play um for me it's something i study i'm always watching people i'm listening you know it seems like i'm kind of just doing my own thing up there sometimes but i'm always and that's just something i've gotten experience with after touring Mm -hmm. you know having to go into a place where you don't know anyone and maybe you, you can try to talk to somebody to get a quick you know, relative vibe, you know, of what's going (laughs) on in that city or what's going on with that person. But you don't really get it until you start playing and then you 
then you know, okay, here's what I'm bringing to this atmosphere. Who's feeling it? Who's not? Right? And, and um, that's why I think, for me, I like to feature artists that can do that as well sure. as, as write a great record. Because then, you know, you'll actually come back to it. You'll, you'll like either the studio and maybe you want to hear more of their new stuff come out on a record. And then maybe you'll be like, no, I just like them live. Like, you should see what they did to this song or yeah. see, see the stuff that they're writing they don't even record, mm -hmm. you know? Um, there's those two worlds that I think used to exist a lot more in, in older kind of, I guess, time periods mm -hmm. and genres of music that now people are just thinking, oh, it's just all digital now and everyone can just be a pop star or just... You know, buy Ableton and just, you know, <laughs> now everybody's a rock, Instant rock And I'm star. like, no, there's no. still so much about music that's so precious and important, you know, knowing how to navigate, you know, yeah. that musical world. So this this year, this past year, 2017, I, I started this blog and I was initially thinking, oh, I'll go way back and feature like old, old artists. But I'm like, yeah, but that's not where the pulse of the world is. We're all sure. kind of new, right? So a lot of the records were all at least in the last years or two. So 2016, 2017, I had a lot of artists. And the way I would do the features is I would feature one artist for an entire month. Mm -hmm. So this is a really big promotional thing for them. Um, the first feature was a music video. So I had, to, I had to go find artists that had a music video, whether it was something they had edited with like cool interspersed mixed media or whether it was something where they were in it, you know. Yeah. The def. music video seems to be vanishing so that you had to yeah. like hunt that down almost seems weird from my youth. Visi like everyone visibility had yeah. is so important. Is. I have music videos now because I know that because it's just, you know, when people go out there, a lot of times they're just searching and then they just find you. There's no, sure. there's no like someone goes to a show anymore and then they just go talk to you all the, or talk about their friends all the time about this cool artist. Some people do that, but most people are just, you know, there's so much going on with our own kind of interaction with ourselves that we forget about the people around us sometimes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, things will slip away and there's that visibility element that I thought was really important. So that's what I started with first is like, hey, here's a music video by this band. Check it out. Either it was a live performance, it was a professionally studio made video, or it was um, something that featured like an actual artistic kind of interpretation, right? And then after that, the second feature was a full album. So whatever their most recent release was, that's what I was going to review. I was mm -hmm. going to dig in. I was going to talk about it. I was going to have a beer, you know, or have, you know, and just sit down and kind of just listen to all the sonic things that were happening. Offer my opinion. I'm no professional writer, but I know enough about music to hopefully talk about some things that I think that are really cool for people to check out. And, um, and then the last part of the feature was something that I really wanted to make iconic of the of the blog, and it's called Los Cincos. So it's five questions uh, yes, yeah. that I ask mm -hmm. every artist. And, and this is the more personal element, so it's mm -hmm. like an interview almost, right? Sure. I send them these five questions, and uh, the five questions that I ask them, I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quick here. The five questions I ask every artist, Los Cincos, are number one. What's your favorite local Arizona spots to go drink? Because, you know, we all get offered drinks, of course, at the shows we play. Mm -hmm. But we actually, you know, have a lot of good spots that we feel safe. You know, some people like to go to places in Tucson if they're located there. Some people Phoenix. Some people travel back and forth. They have different places they like to go. And this is where you get the kind of identity of the culture. And this is what something I wanted to bring into the blog, a real cultural element of, like, 
awareness of what you're doing, right? So that was number one spots to drink. Number two was favorite spots to eat, right? Because now Cause you gotta eat. Oh my god, there's so much huge like food stuff here now. Tucson, Phoenix, people keep moving here, keep opening restaurants here. You know, I see some uh, some cross things, you know, from from restaurants jumping to city to city. You know, uh, like for example, Elvira's was in mm-hmm. was in. Uh, I think Patagonia, right? And then they jumped up here to do something up on on Congress, right? Amazing mole, if you ever want to check them out. Uh, Number three is uh, favorite spots to play or see live music. So this could be... And or. Yes. Uh So it it doesn't have to be just like, oh, I like this venue, but could also be like, hey, I I like going to see bands here as well, right? Um, Number four is favorite places outside the AZ urban cityscape. So this is my environmental side. I'm really into nature. I'm really into conservation of like natural, like beautiful environments and and ecosystems, right? And I was like, hey, where do you guys go to kind of like disconnect? You know, where do you go to kind of like recenter or re-energize, I guess, Mm -hmm. is the hippie way of saying it. Um, And then number five was favorite groups that you're listening to currently now and why? You know, I'd like to know who people are influenced by or maybe who they're listening to because that gives you kind of a little insight when I go to review some of these guys as well or after I'm done reviewing them, like, okay, that's why maybe they had this turnaround in this song or maybe Mm -hmm. that's why they were, you know, writing in this style or writing lyrics about this, you know. So that's something I wanted to make part of the blog very iconic, Los Cinco's. uh, I I like your title. Personal touch of talking to an artist, right? Getting some honest stuff, man. Well, do you want to answer those questions now or later? Uh, Do I? Oh, man. I think you need to answer your own Los Cinco's. I got to answer my own Los Cinco's today. Okay. Well, tell you what. Let's let's do one more song. Let's do that. Um, I'm actually going to tell you the artists, and you can pick. The artist we, we hear a song from next. How's that sound? You're going to tell me the artist? Yeah, so here's the yeah. artist. Um, we've already heard from CISA. We've already heard from Bittersweet Way. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, on, on the docket right now, we've got um, The Darts, which is this, like, gritty girl garage punk rock, which they're also, like, you know, touring globally. They're great. Mm-hmm. We've also got The Mission Creeps, which is this Tucson, like, kind of dark party rock band. Just... Lots of imagery, very David Lynch-ish kind oh, of. Come you were, on, ta- now, you were now, talking see. about, yeah, yeah. Well, why do you think I was <laughs> yeah, throwing okay. it in there? I guess that's going to be the one, eh? Yeah. Oh no, let's let's hear the other. Okay, let's there hear was, some more. Let's hear some more. Th- yeah. All right. Uh, there is this other band called Wives. They're mm-hmm. a Phoenix rock band that's really fun. They tell stories that are very honest and true and real. You know, I like that. Um, there's also Golden Boots, which has been a huge staple of of great kind of proggy but also experimental desert. Mm-hmm. What you would dub desert alt rock, okay, right? Um, and they just put out a record called Halt, or H period A period L period T, okay, <laughs> period, and and they toured on that in Europe, I think, recently too. Um, so yeah, what do you think? Uh, darts. Is Let's that, hear some that, darts. Yeah, yeah. these these chicks, they just know how to rock and roll. I actually know. Um, one of them, because she was in a previous band um, called the Love Me Knots, mm-hmm. and she, Nicole Loren, yeah, she's this powerful singer, performer. Uh, I met her at a show that she played, but I also knew her through another friend named Bob Hogan. He's the guy that mixes all my records. He's an amazing engineer, so 
If you're looking for a good engineer, guys, he's in Mesa. His name is Bob Hogue. We're going to listen to a song here by uh, The Darts um, that's really fun. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite songs that when I reviewed this record, and it's called The Cat's Meow. The Cat's Meow.
Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I get into that. That I think for those of our listeners who are familiar with the Red Room and familiar with like mm-hmm. that, that would be right at home at the Roadhouse on stage. Oh, like, oh yeah. wouldn't it? Oh, oh that's, yeah. That was spectacular. Those girls are dynamite too. Yeah. They're like so high energy live. They yeah. they're 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 like the classic, almost the way that you would picture Doors or crazy mm-hmm. like '60s '70s rock i mean they're just like falling and jumping over each other and and of course they're beautiful and of course they're talented right Mm -hmm. so they're just dynamiting every place that they go to and blowing it up um drew carey even took a picture i think was one of them on their oh yeah on their facebook i saw that he was just talking about how great they were at a show he was at and i was just like you know, if Drew Carey obviously is digging <laughs> on these chicks and, and feels it's okay to walk up and talk, yeah. show, sh- you know, say some nice things. But no, they're great. There's there's a lot of great talent in Arizona. And I just, I'm trying to put a spotlight on that, you know? I love that. I think that's, that's that honestly, to me, those are my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. Um, the artists who are fans, the artists who want to bring light to other artists, because that's that's why you do it. That's why we do it. You know, that's what you have like this desire to bring more people into the fold, and that's that's awesome. That was fun. <laughs> no, that's a it's a good song. Their whole record's great. You know, it's it's pretty much down that down that alley. Right on, right on. So, what do you want to talk about here next? Well, I mean, I still had a couple things. Yeah, let's go um, for it. Let's go back to just. I'd like to go back to you real quick. Okay. Why why do you create? What, um, what's your motivation? I I have so many reasons that I like music. I like the therapeutic quality of it. Mm-hmm. I like the kind of putting your mind to focus on something that's really intense and, and there's not always going to be a payoff of money or attention. The payoff really is just like the effort you put in and are you happy with that effort as a person, right? And everyone has that thing. For me, it's just music and I discovered that, um, you know, when I was a young kid, but I also thought it was more fun until I started doing it professionally. And then I discovered it can be fun if I continue to try to think about it that way. Mm -hmm. And yes, still try to make, I've learned a lot. I've learned about licensing. I've learned about advertising. I've learned about how to sell the music and how to fundraise for it and all Mm -hmm. the, all the things that you need to know. But, but at the root of it, if you don't have that first thing of just wanting to do it, because you want to do it, then yeah, it's going to be hard to continue. And, and luckily, I have continued to want to perform and write and interact in the world in a musical way. Sure. So so I feel very lucky, and um, I, I hope that many more years of music will come, uh, whether I'm writing about it or performing it and just you know listening to it. So that's kind of where I'm at with it now. I mean, I just... I'll create on my own. I'll mm-hmm. put stuff out there, but I'll also kind of talk about it so people understand how great it is yeah. in this at least state for me. I know I'm sure it's great everywhere, but I mean, so much is going on here, and so many people don't know how much good art, and, and not just music. Obviously, other artists. There's you know, there's great artists. I had a friend that just wrote a book. It's an amazing science fiction novel. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. No, yet. you can talk. Oh, absolutely. This this um, is an open forum for art. We'll, we'll see. That's the resonance. It's a part great of that. book. Yeah. It's a great book. Um, so I won't give the title away yet, but it's this really cool story. And um, he's also a, a painter, and mm-hmm. he's also, you know, there's sculptors here. There's there's so many good artists that are here, 
and I just want more people to know about it. I used to be very against people coming to Tucson or even Arizona. Be a little possessive. Kind of yeah, like oh, this place is so cool. Like, if you don't get it, then why you know why don't you get it? Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe they just don't know enough about it. Maybe mm-hmm. they just are experiencing it in their own way. They don't know about some of the culture, the art, that the the things that are going on here. And I guess this was my vehicle, like this blog, uh, my music, mm-hmm. um, interacting with artists a lot just to kind of find out where that is and where that's what's happening because history is ha- being made every day, you know. Yeah. People are really worried about the future and, like, the success that you'll have or not have, whether it's in your personal life or your business life. But there's so much just going on now that you should just – Hey, this is what's going on, man. Yeah, <laughs> there's know. plenty of time to worry about that other stuff too. And but, yeah, you know, like yeah. embrace what's happening now. Your your topic you hit there for me um, about Arizona, particularly. Yeah. And you're right. There's probably a lot of great stuff happening everywhere. There's always something great. Like there was a time when there were these uh, hubs of explosive musical uh, talent. You know, oh, whether it was like yeah. San Francisco or LA or Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the digital revolution kind of hit and it seemed like that kind of dispersed a little bit. There hasn't been like a particular scene that rose to worldwide or national acclaim or recognition. But I always suspected that Arizona would be next. Oh, and, yeah. And I always told people that. And then things changed a little bit. But I think maybe you're on to something. Oh, no. There's there's so much. Go- I mean, there's there's people that have come here to record their records. Uh-huh. Debochka was a huge artist that came out of here. Uh-huh. Oh God! What was her name? Um, I get in trouble if I maybe if I say don't say her name, then I won't be in trouble. Um, she's another famous kind of like very random artist that came here uh, to work at Waterworks Studios. But there's a lot of secret artists that live here, or also I think uh, Resnick was at the Albertsons once over on. Really? Yeah. Someone said they saw him there. Huh. So you think uh, he's out here? Goo Goo Dolls, yeah, right? yeah. So people the... people like this. There's an energy here yeah. that people get and they like about the city. Well, maybe they're trying to keep it to themselves too. Right. Maybe well, that's maybe why you don't hear it. it is, you know? Yeah, I don't know. So maybe that's why we're not hearing as much. Mm. But, but it's here. People are here. There's... Oh, we're gonna let them cover it. We're gonna like That's what I'm go. doing. <laughs> I'm trying to like I'm trying to break open, you know, the yeah. gates here to the to the to the musical promised land that is Arizona. Sure. You know, the I used to tell people it's like the it's like a little Austin or something. You know, okay. there's all these eclectic types of performers here that mm-hmm. most people just don't think about. Great hip hop scene too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just smaller than you think mm-hmm. in your head, but when you go out there, you're like, there's a whole hip hop festival going on. Mm-hmm. There's a jazz festival going on. There's a there's a songwriter, there's a folk festival. We got blues festivals. We got everything. We got everything here. So it's yeah. just, you know, a matter of looking at it that way. Yeah. Great haven for artists. Well, I was kind of perusing your site and I was checking it out and, okay. I, and I know that you were, you, uh, were talking earlier about you learned a lot about funding and like yeah. financing these things and you seemed really grateful that you had gotten your um, latest work. Is it uh, so funded? My, like, yeah. Yeah. My, 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 my record coming up here in 2018 uh-huh. and there's a date, there's a release date. Uh-huh. It's May 26th All right. at Hotel Congress and it's the release of Desert Sounds. This is my solo record. Um, this is like my, like my opus. This is my big Beatles album. This is my Leonard Cohen. This is my, I love it. you know, there's violins and trumpets and flutes and timpani. It's just, it's this huge production. It's, it's probably going to be over an hour long after the studio mm-hmm. tracks are done. Um, and it was fully funded. Like you were saying, I've been very lucky to have fans 
that actually from all over, not, not, I, I have fans in Tonga, which is like a whole nother oh, country. I, like, I, yeah, Tonga. I have fans <laughs> in New York and, and I have fans in New Jersey and in California. So, so the touring really helped me connect yeah. with different parts of the world, knowing that I could find people that even if they aren't here and liking the music to the extent that, you know, they'll pay for it mm-hmm. or they'll, or they'll, Hey, let's set up a show. Let's help you with a tour. Let's help fund a record. The internet changed everything. It just, it did, you know? It did. And Amanda Palmer was one of the people I I was looking at, and she had kind of crowdfunded, you know, this record that was over a million dollars of crowdfunding. Yeah. I was like, what? How'd she do that? <laughs> pulled that together. What's going on? And, and she had a really pro- personal connection. She toured a lot. You know, her label dropped her, I think, when she did the Dresden Dolls. Mm-hmm. And that was like her, you know, because she didn't sell enough units. And she was like, what? Well, I'm just going by the the standards of a record label, right? Who's just trying to make money mm-hmm. sometimes. Not all record labels, but most, I mean, you got to pay for things, right? Yeah. So so she decided to take her own idea and, uh, of what she thought to engage people, right? And went out there. And I've had to just kind of learn along the way about little things like that and people and places like that to how to, how to reach people, but also kind of be... You know, just real about it. Sure. And, and luckily, we are now. Be in honest. The time, be straight. Yeah, we are now in the time where people are kind of coming up to help. You know, the artists that they are passionate about. They yeah. like. They like what they're doing, or, or the project that they're working on, or, or, you know, it's just a whole different world. And I've been lucky enough, and that I've at least, hopefully, been good enough to, to have enough people go. Hey, yeah, let's 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 support this guy. Let's it's support- really changed the relationship between artist. And fan, it is. there's like a connection that while that live performance was always giving it to you, mm-hmm. now that can transcend that because you can connect yeah. almost instantaneously with those people, like directly. And there's people within a show, you know, that I've played that will, when I have a fundraising campaign, they're like, boom, we're going to put up 20 bucks, yeah. put up 50 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, God, I don't even, I hardly know you, but I'm so excited that, that I was inspired, that you were inspired enough, you know, to, to say, hey, yeah, I, I dig what you're doing. Let's let's see what else. Yeah. Let's see. Let's put you forward and, and give you a shot. And and it's just a whole different music structure. And as far as like, you know, it's very expensive to mm-hmm. go into the studio and record. I know most studio people aren't excited to hear me say this, but I, I'm probably not going to go into many studios to record anymore. I yeah. know how to do it at home now. I have equipment now to do it yeah. at home. This is the age where if you know how to do this kind of stuff, you can save a lot of money on your end and still produce the art you want, still produce the music or the... Maybe you can give us a few lessons here in the Red Room yeah, because I, no, I would right? love to <laughs> understand how to do it a little better. It's it's um, it's um a process, and, yeah. and I will totally, yeah, we'll talk about that, maybe with some more whiskey here. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, this, it's just a new world, and you can't approach it from the same way. You can't think old ways, you can't think record label, you can't think touring all the time. Mm-hmm. So many different things can give you that I guess, payoff that you're thinking, licensing, uh, becoming a YouTube sensation, becoming mm-hmm. becoming a huge digital. I mean, it could take more time, obviously, sure. as Portis had learned, you know, to kind of be become a bigger deal, you know, down the road. Yeah. But you have to get your stuff out there. And, and I've started to realize that that's the new model for me. It's just mm-hmm. continue to push music out as far as it can go. As many people want to listen to it, as many people want to list, as fund it or, or, or you know, engage the community of people that like the styles that you're creating or the things that you're going to talk about in your music and, and, or, or just, you know, instrumental stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like how does it hit people? How's the vibe? You know, I love Bonobo. Like this is mm-hmm. a band that 
so now we'll talk a little bit about this <laughs> other project that I've, I've done. But um, I didn't learn about this band until I met this DJ named Conrad Sosinski, and uh-huh. he's a guy I ended up pairing up to do an album with. He's out of, he's out of Arizona He's out of also, San Francisco. Out of San Francisco. So yeah. we, we did expand our we horizons a little, a little bit. bit. Okay. Yeah. I, I met him when I was a Lyft driver in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, making money just driving people around the small little San Francisco area. When was that? And that was probably like 20, oh gosh, 20, 2017? Okay, so no, no, not 2017. Uh, I think the whiskey's getting to me. No, um, it, it was a few years ago. And okay. I had met him because uh, I was living in the in the Bay Area at the time. Uh-huh. And I gave him the CD that I had written uh, or the, that I recorded. Um, called For the People by the People, which is this kind of crossover acoustic pop record. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started collaborating. And then we started exchanging artists that we liked, right? Or people we were listening to to get the influences mm-hmm. so we could collaborate, right? Uh, Chinese Man was one that was discovered. Another one of them that was discovered was Bonobo. And this guy has been doing it for a long time. I went to see him at the Rialto with my lady. And, and he just blew me away. His performances with the group, obviously the whole group, right, is Bonobo. And they have these jazz influences, but they have pop influences. They have electronic influences. They have these amazing video imagery things. And and really, like, to me... Knew how to put on a show. Yeah. To me, I started to realize, and I'd go see... I've seen so many bands at the Rialto now because... Now I'm starting to like research like what kind of bands perform and what they're like live and what kind of artistic element they bring to it. And there are some bands I'll go to see where I'm like, uh, I, I don't know if I wanted to pay tickets for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like now I'm discovering like a whole new world of music of live aspects versus visual aspects versus, you know, like being able to talk and engage your audience, like stuff that kind of probably existed in the in the older times but now that we're in a newer age of so much music mm-hmm. it's kind of like some people aren't catching some of those elements or maybe they are and they just don't talk about it right um so now it's like just a whole different world for me um, there is an enormous amount out there yeah and filtering through it can be kind of tough it is it, it really can and and i had a friend who theorized he constantly was talking about well now the cream will rise to the top, but not always because I've bumped yeah. into some fantastic artists and some really bad ones <laughs> too. Like some, some of them like, sure. oh like, god, oh. I should not have come to this show. Like, you know what I mean? They're still out there. Yeah, it's, and it's the people still discovering that. Yeah. right? so it's a it's a new world. It's, yeah, it's a brave new world, man. And uh, I'm excited that now it's like anything can happen. It really does feel like that. Mm-hmm. And 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 your success or your ability to put yourself out there as an artist or as a person, it really is on you. Like all the tools now exist for you to create or to be anything you want to be. It's I true. I mean, you're doing it's this true. right now. You're doing it with your podcast, right? Like you can be now in this age and, and luckily with the affordability, right? <laughs> anything that you want to be. There's, There's nothing, nothing more to say to that. I guess not. Because I when I was not. when I was a kid growing up, and I imagined like I remember when we cut like our first like little four track demo, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the the type of technology we have now and the accessibility that you're talking about was such a pipe dream. It was yeah, right. Like I there was, was no I, way it was ever going to happen. I remember happen. recording like crappy like radio shows with my brother, right? Like in <laughs> crappy waveforms on like a PC because that's what we could afford. We yeah. couldn't afford a Mac, you yeah. know. Um, 
and that was like that was what we did that was like fun that was our that was our way to yeah. like engage our our ability to interact and express ourselves or sure. whatever and that's what I'm talk. hoping and I and I'm really glad that you're here right now and you're giving some of these folks uh, and these clearly talented artists oh, yeah. one more forum to be recognized and be heard mm-hmm. you know that's I'm I'm so excited about that this is really for me um one of the the big reasons I wanted to do this because I felt like I had friends and artists who deserve to be heard oh yeah um, or should be you know and that seems in a, in a way it's almost um, slightly egocentric and a little bit narcissistic to think, well, the people I know are, are worth talking to. Yeah. But we all have something to say, and, and a lot of people have something to bring to the table. So this is fantastic. And I think you're bringing an element that I only, I didn't even dream of, and I'm glad. I'm so excited. And we did say we were going to, is we are going to get you to answer your own Los Cinco's. Okay. All right, let's so do that. Let's let's answer your own Los Cinco's. Let's go down the, let's go down the line. Why don't you ask the questions, and I'll, uh, I'll see if I can... Uh, your favorite... Arizona spots to drink. <sighs> All right, so I do drink a lot at home now, but um, because you know. Well, yeah. Why speaking not? of, I mean, we can pause right now and, no, no, and no, get no. a refill. <laughs> why don't we do that? All why right. don't we do that before we answer these questions? Uh, let me put a song on. Let me put a song on by another one of these great artists that was featured this year. Um, let's see, let's see. Oh, there's so many good people. It's so hard to do. Ooh, let's do a instrumental here. This is by a group. That's called Trees... Trees Speak? Speak. This is an instrumental group. Oh, man, this was an impressive project. So the way that they did this is they is they had all the... Um, they had all the instrumentalists kind of perform like this Miles Davis, like Bitches Brew type mm-hmm. of kind of interactive performance where they would record um, all the performers and, and, they, and they would... And they would kind of only really edit it, like to like put parts together, okay. rather than like you know just eliminate weird stops or starts or, or whatever it was. Um, and that was kind of like the premise for, for what they were doing. Like that was their, that was the ideal, thing for them to have this very organic, real, raw performance where where everybody was just creating their own parts or it kind of improvising and it was really impressive i had never heard anything like that before and 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 at least you know other than miles davis right someone (laughs) who was like huge like that right so so yeah i don't know i guess i uh i guess i want to kind of showcase that right now um because i was really impressed one more time trees speak Trees speak. This is called Shadow Circuit, part one. Thank you. 
welcome back. We're coming back to the Red Room with Jacob Acosta. That's and right. And that was uh, Tree Speak. Tree Speak, that Shadow Circuit Part 1. That was my last review of 2017. Amazing instrumental record put out by Cinedelic Records. Uh, Daniel Martin Diaz was the main brain behind it, but he had all kinds of great performers on it. Gabriel Sullivan from CISA, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, Julie Schlossberg. And then we even had, a, I think, the bass player from the Black Sun Ensemble, which was a famous... Um, kind of Tucson older rock group as well. So cool, and we're gonna make sure to get all the links in here so that the listeners can. Oh yeah, go right to the description and, and uh, head on over there and check those things out. I'll make sure you have all that. Yeah, awesome. Um, and the, as we've been talking here and, and we've covered uh, Jake's blog, Desert Noise, he has a feature in there called Los Cincos, and uh, right now we're gonna pose his own Los Cincos. That's right. Right back at him. That's um, right. I think we just right before we left. We were talk. We we addressed the question, but we'll repeat it. What's your favorite local Arizona spots to drink? Okay, so I did say I drink at home, but mm-hmm. if I were to go out, don't we all right now in Arizona anywhere? Anywhere, there's a lot of good spots, and I'm gonna name a few. And one of my favorite is um, by far the Flycatcher. This okay. is a place that actually, if anybody that was here before, they used to remember it as Plush. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and where is that? And this is on 6th Street and 4th Avenue. Here in Tucson. Here in Tucson. It's kind of like right next to downtown. It's really kind of a vibrant corner. Mm-hmm. It's where the Dairy Queen and the, <laughs> now the Lindy's, which used to be Bumsteads, right? Right, yeah. And that other 4th Avenue kind of dress shop um, next to Caruso's. So um, this is a place that I've always really loved to meet, either have meetings, performances, uh, drinks that were unique. One of my yeah. favorite drinks from there is called the You Look Nice. I think it, I think it, it was invented by... Uh, I, I already love it. Oh, yeah. It was invented by Eric Bornman, which is this elderberry kind of liqueur, and it kind of tastes like a pear, delicious adult drink. Um, okay. It looks exactly like water. There's no weird bubbles or anything. Okay. It's just... You look nice. You look nice. That's a great drink. Um, well, I didn't know that we we had a favorite like t- those types of drinks. Next time you come over, I'll I'll bust out some of my mixology right. on oh, you. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so that was one place. Okay. Um, another place I love to go is Shays. Great, mm-hmm. great mojitos at Shays. Um, Forty Seven Scott. These are Tucson places. So any of these that you're hearing, you can go check out. Uh, Borderlands Brewery for beer. Yes. Always very fun. Good, great vibe. Great people. Big supporters of art community. And and it's just good good music and and good beer. Um, another place I really like to drink up in Phoenix. Uh, there's a place I like to go to in Phoenix that's called um, what's it? I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. Uh, it's it was the. I think it's the Crescent Ballroom sometimes. Yeah, because they also have big I've shows. Seen there. A lot of shows there. They have big shows yeah. there, but they have this front room that has all these like kind of smaller tables. You can kind mm-hmm. of like have a more intimate kind of thing. So sometimes when I go play a show there, I drink there at the Crescent Ballroom. Um, there's a couple neighborhood bars by like my mom's house, but they weren't like my favorites. Um, there's a a famous place also. Um, in Prescott, or not Prescott, uh, Flagstaff, mm-hmm. called the Hotel Monte Vista. This is a uh, this is a venue where Racy there recorded, I think, uh, our first like real music video. <laughs> um, 
and uh, it has this cool bar in the hotel with like really good drink bartenders. Um, so that's called the Hotel Monte Vista. It's a place I like cool. up in Flagstaff. So those are kind of like some of the main places I like to go to drink. Oh, Danny's Barbecue Bar. <laughs> really? Still after all these years. You know, so the reason I like to drink there is okay. people just show up there. Like I see Gavin there all the time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw Carlos Arzate, who's another musician. I mean, there's there's people that just kind of kind of flow into that place. That's, it's and kind it's, of got that spot. It's got that vibe. I yeah. like that place. So. Gavin actually like continually has the high score on Miss Pac-Man at Shays. You mentioned Shays. <laughs> and if anyone drops into Shays, like I Gavin, you know, know he, he stands pretty tall there. And the uh, Lord of the Rings pinball machine at mm. Danny's. You can usually catch him playing there. That's great. That guy I've been hassling to come in here and sit down for uh, a while. And he hasn't, huh? No, no. Uh, maybe between the two of us, we can get him to sit down. Let's see. Let's see if we can do a th- do a three kind of thing. Yeah. And, and and maybe we can talk about. I love something. that guy. We can let him pick the subject. Yeah. Or, well, I'll pick one, right? Sure. So it's a very equal, you know, distribution. I think yeah. he'd be into that. Yeah. No, he yeah he would. All yeah. right. So and he's number... come up a couple times, but uh, cool. Yeah. So uh, second one. Second one. Favorite what? Favorite, Favorite spots? Arizona spots to eat. Okay. So. Favorite. Tucson's kind of a this, foodie this little This is a hard town, one. This it is a hard tough. one, man. Um, okay. So I have a lot of favorite spots. So I'm going to try to limit it to just three for today. Okay. Big three. Well, that's tough. Even three is hard. Three is hard. Um, number one, prep and pastry. Okay. <laughs> this new kind of brunch, classy, high fare kind of like beautiful, amazing food mm-hmm. that's so delectable and d- delicious. Um was invented, I think, by the chick who who, who left Epic Cafe. She was she was working there, and uh, and I, I don't remember the full story, but man, she she developed this place um, on Campbell and Fort Lowe Prep and Pastry, mm-hmm. and it's grown. There's a whole other location in the east. Oh, did they add a new spot? Yeah, there's oh, also Commoner, Commoner and Company. Is there mm-hmm. other store that goes like northeast, mm-hmm. or not store a uh, restaurant that goes northeast? And it's big lunch dinner place i mean and everything i've ever eaten off of every item on the menu is incredible i mean it's just i lived in the bay area so i kind of really like started to get into the foodie thing sure. right and that's when i was like wow like this is a treasure this is a amazing thing to have here in tucson so that's one of my that's like one number one probably i've, I've eaten a few times there myself and i i couldn't agree with you more yeah yeah it's just, and Price-wise, too, even. Like, everything about it. Like, it really... Well, you're talking about, like, this high fare, but completely reasonable without a doubt, especially because anything you put in your mouth there is going to be awesome. It's just quality. Yeah. You know, good quality. And um, so that's obviously number one. Number two, Guadalajara Grill. This is a staple of Tucson. You'll see billboards coming in to Tucson for this place because it's just that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the salsa alone <laughs> is mind-blowing. And it's made at your table, yeah. you know? Um, and they have they have a great vibe there that just feels... I'm getting hungry. I know, right? <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll take one more break to just have a snack. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll just keep drinking this liquid <laughs> snack over here. But that's number two. Guadalajara okay. Grill. Guadalajara. Beautiful, amazing... Place. So number three, and this is a place that um, it kind of has a certain meaning to me. Uh, we went to this uh, restaurant called Contigo, and it used to be up near Skyline, mm-hmm. kind of that area next to Sullivan's and P.F. Chang's, like up there, right? Yeah, yeah. In Tucson. And I know these are all Tucson places, but that's where I live. So 
Um, we went to it's now part of a resort, and because it's just that good, and it's just very like the chick that I'm sorry, I keep saying chick the the woman who who started this restaurant was from the Bay Area, so her influences are already and and her ability to like work with food was already at a high level. So she kind of just came in and slayed, I think, mm-hmm. you know. And it's beautiful. Now that the place they have, the restaurant, has this beautiful overlook of the entire city. Oh, that's awesome. So, so. I have not been there. I took my lady there for her birthday, and I was okay. just like, this is, this oh. is it, man. This is, this is the kind of place to go for a very nice. What kind of fare are we talking about? What do they, what do they, what do, they do? One of my favorite things, and this is a common, actually, thing for higher fare now, is uh, to wrap bacon around figs <laughs> stuffed with cream cheese but they also have a great chimichurri sauce which okay. is like you know for any foodies sure. i mean and the tucson foodie would probably agree right <laughs> this is this is just great great if you part. can't pull it off yeah. then just stop yeah, yeah just stop <laughs> or yeah maybe maybe there's the challenge for those okay, people yeah, sure. well, i'll do it someday i'll do it someday <laughs> and i guess those are the top three so. okay well uh and then Number three in the Los Cinco's. Uh, what are your favorite spots to see or play live music hmm. anywhere in the world? In the world, and, wow. and this is great because you have been in a lot of places. So I have. I haven't been like <clears throat> global yet. I'm. I'm. I'm getting hopefully to that point some someday. But um, let's see. Top favorite spots. I'll limit it to three again, just to make it easy. Um, hmm. I don't know if I want to do an order for this just because I perform all over. <laughs> no, um, in no particular order. No particular order. No three particular spots, order. Three of your favorite spots. Obviously, no obviously, Hotel Congress. I'm going to dig into these a little bit because I want to know why. Yeah. In this one, because this is one that's I'll close give you, to my heart. Let me give you the three. Let yeah. me give you the three and then you can ask. Yeah. So Hotel Congress is definitely in there. I don't know if it's at the top. It's in there, though, because it's just such a beautiful historic place. Mm-hmm. It's why I want to have the Desert Sounds release there and, and the energy of that place. I've seen shows there. I've performed shows there. To me, it feels like the Tucson venue. I mean, the Rialto is great because it is the bigger one, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a national artist venue, right? Sure. I really like the Rialto, and I actually work for them as a volunteer mm-hmm. um, to kind of help with their procurement and, and you know continuing traditions got, of the Rialto. Yeah. But the Congress stage has always been very kind of iconic to me. The other stage that I like to perform is Flycatcher, which used to be plush, right? And for me, yeah. I remember when I first uh, was out in the scene, that was like the first place we were gunning for. It's like, oh man, this this is a good spot on Fourth Avenue because I loved going to Fourth Avenue. You could walk up and down, right? And this to me was the venue to play on Fourth Avenue. Yeah. Um so I guess plush slash flycatcher, right? Yeah. And I feel very comfortable there. I know so many people there. Justin, the owner, and, and all the bartenders are great. Kaylin and Sarah and, and you know, all the people that have it's changed out spot. over the years. It's just a great, it's a very comfortable, it feels like the small town nice bar, but also like, you know, we do some pretty cool things here. There's yeah. things that happen. There's things that go down here. Yeah. I mean, the Ro- I actually the Romo I pro- show was there. Yeah. I proposed to a couple different guitarists there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it has it has its own kind of beautiful charm, right? Yeah. That place. Um and then stage number three. Oh man, this is tough. Um, um favorite stages. You know, I really like right now I have this regular gig at Bar Passe, which I really am starting to get into the stage and, yeah. and just the vibe there when I perform. 
which is also on the fourth. It's kind of like a place that, again, people kind of just like fall into. But I have to say that my third favorite place to play in Tucson is probably it's probably the Rialto. Mm-hmm. And I've played there twice, and I've wanted to play there more, um, but I know that it's like a very kind of, you know, big venue for the national acts, right? And, yeah. And, and I've, I've been in there before. I played a, a very memorable roller coaster show when we, we covered <laughs> Al Green. We covered Al yeah. Green at the Rialto, and it was huge. We had this big interactive performance with all a lot of the performers from yeah. the other groups. Uh, the Bill Withers song called, you know, Lean yeah. On Me, Lean On Me. So that to this day is something in my mind that I've never forgotten. It was such a powerful, and there were so many people that were actually there, and I was yeah. like, this is... This is cool. You know, I like this performance a lot. Um, and it's, I guess, one of those that just stuck with me. And, and yeah, I'm sure at some point I'll play more. But, but that place has an iconic. Oh, it definitely. I've, I've seen so many shows there. I know the people there, too, now because of my uh, involvement with the Rialto. Sure. And I think that that's, you know, those are the top three for me. I, I do like Valley Bar in Phoenix. I'm going to put a little shout out to them. I also like the Crescent. I also like um, Last Exit Live. This kind of cool offshoot in Phoenix. Um, yeah, those are great places to play too for you know more local yeah. groups. So, um, yeah, those are my top spots right mm-hmm. now. Um, and what what do you think? Is there a common thread between those top spots? I know that this goes beyond like the, just the Los Cinco's, but because it is particularly uh, a, a poignant like topic for me, what what makes a great place to play? You know, I think it's like the thing I was telling you about the energy. Right? Yeah. Um, it's just not really effable. It's just, just... And I've toured all over. I mean, I've yeah. had a lot of great shows <clears throat> and a lot of great venues, but my connections to the people in those venues are much different mm-hmm. when I was on tour versus when I was at home with my sure. friends, with my family. And I know it's kind of one of those things you wouldn't expect, like, oh, oh, well, you you really, really like being at home? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I as like, a matter of fact, who doesn't dude, like being at so home? it's <laughs> so much easier to just, I could just drive to Congress in 10 minutes. Like, yeah. That's that's how close it is, and it's high-level performance yeah. stage. And, yeah. and, you know, that's a gift that I think that this Arizona, this Tucson community, too, you know, there's a lot of these places out here that are just that good, and 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 those are why I think, you know, for me, like I said, it's probably the amount of performing versus seeing shows there. Sure. So I have two different types of perspectives about it, right? I've seen Cage the Elephant do mosh pits where people are crowd surfing in Congress. <laughs> I've seen Kishibashi yeah. in Congress, you know. I've seen at the Rialto the, the Modest Mouse play. Modest yeah. Mouse played, and I've seen Cake there, and God, they just slayed. You know, I remember when I came in, we came in late because we thought there was an opener, and they're like, oh, you guys just missed all the good music <laughs> that we played for the first part of the show. Yeah. I'm like, oh. You know, so so there are some great places. The Fox Theater, I'll give a shout-out to um, as well. They're great. Yeah. Um, they got renovated in, in the last, what, like five, oh, yeah. seven years, somewhere mm-hmm. in there? Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. the sound in there is impeccable. It's, I don't think I've seen incredible. an artist in there yet. Like I've, I mean, I've seen a couple like um, like should... spoken word things. I saw some like co- comedy acts, but I haven't seen like a, a music. I would artist advise. I'm a, I'm a also a Fox Theater member. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Pro Tucson person. Mm-hmm. Member of the Rialto. Member of the Fox. Member of the KXCI. I really think that people should be. 
because these are great places. Yeah, Local radio it. organizations that have great entertainment venues. Um, the Loft Cinema is also great for movies. Yeah. But, but like for me, you know, I've started to realize these places are here. They're right here in front of us. And uh, yeah, I mean, those those are why the places that I like. It's just you can't make it easier than this to have such a high amount of quality and culture and artistry in one place, you know, for these for these places to go interact. We're with. pretty lucky. Yeah. Pretty Let's lucky. get to number four yeah. before, number four. before uh, whiskey takes us too far. Favorite, <laughs> favorite places to visit outside the Arizona urban cityscape. Mm-hmm. And you talked about it. Oh, I see you getting excited about that question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So tell All us right. about that. So um, me and my lady, one of the big connections we have is to nature. Um, she's in science. And, and even though I'm in music, a lot of the inspirational stuff that I've been writing recently on the Desert Sounds record is about the ecology uh, of, of the region of Arizona. Um, we've gone to a lot of places, so I'm just going to try to limit it to three. Right? Before you go on there, yeah, it's just one more thing we have in common, where you and I are the artists in the relationship, and our lady fairs are scientists. Yeah, my my lady fair, she is is also oh. a scientist of the pair, like the couple. So that's really interesting. Something else, just and then go ahead. So no, I yeah. just I think it's it's, it's that is interesting. I think it keeps it? a good balance. It does. Yeah, you know, there, there's a care. Yeah, about something bigger than us and that mm-hmm. right which in music a lot of times we're kind of aiming at that sometimes yeah. right Something trying to bigger find than that, us, the right? that yes um all right favorite places to visit so number one and this is always going to be <laughs> in my mind is madera canyon uh, oh, madera canyon yeah. uh this is kind of like you go down the the 19 south uh-huh. and, and there were some fires recently there but but really what i love about there is that Gosh, I shouldn't be talking about it. But Mount Lemon you is could, where everyone should, goes, right? Yeah. So, so for me, going oh, to you're Madera Canyon, away your, your I good know, spot, right? aren't you? Uh, <laughs> we go there. That's where we go, man. Yeah. That's where we go to like hang out and just like you know get lost, get yeah. lost in nature, to experience all the animals that are there, to kind of just live, you know, the camping style mm-hmm. thing, the typical. I mean, for me, I have a lot of childhood memories being in nature, so. For me, that's a very kind of important place since I've lived in Tucson. Yeah. Madera Canyon in that area. My so family's like, got got uh, property out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe some maybe we should hook up a little thing. You I know? think maybe we should go take a walk. Yes. You know, maybe have some influences of some that's other what you worlds. Do. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up very much outdoorsy, and I I loved getting out there and getting away and connecting like that. That's great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Madera Canyon, mm-hmm. uh, number two, a uh, place I really like to go in uh, in the upper part of Arizona, which mm-hmm. many people visited and I love, is the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. The Grand Canyon is just what it is. I mean, it's grand. It's huge. There's so many places that you could come to from that canyon because there's so many sides of it. Sure. Right? There's a lot of different it's trails. Quite large. Oh yeah, it, it, it is. It is a, a world wonder for a reason. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I even wrote a song about it on the record because it's just. I think it's that important, but it's also. I mean, obviously, because the river, right? I yeah. Mean, it's feeding like 35 million people, but. But it's just so beautiful. It's so important, and not to just one person or one group. It's important to so many people like on a grand scale. And I think that's why 
I like it so much. You know, when you're there, you feel, I think, the energy of that place. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, there's so much history here. There's so much kind of kind of big beyond human existence kind of cosmic, you know, here's where I go off into that world right here. And there's there's just stories that we don't know that that canyon will know because of its existence. Mm-hmm. And it's not because the canyon is this like being of knowing and having this conscience, right? It's just experienced it because it's been there. And, yeah. and, and we'll learn so much about just having it around to learn from and study and, and, and to go appreciate, you know? And I, I really am glad that that's something that exists here. So that's another one of the places I, I like. So number three, so that was number two, Grand Canyon. And number three is the Chiricahuas. Now, the Chiricahuas are kind of this rare offshoot <clears throat> for for when I discovered them of something that's just south here of Tucson um, that was carved out here. Um, and they look like these pillars of, like, lost cities. How did you stumble upon this? Um, the lady that yeah. I have right now yeah. is, took me on my first hike through there. And, and I was a little bold. I, I, I thought that I could do... A little more than I was prepared to do <laughs> as far as the hike. It was like nine miles or something. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like in pain, in a good amount of pain by the end. But um, that's when I hadn't like worked out yeah. like, for a while. So, But the place itself is just incredible and beautiful. And you, it has the same kind of historical feel, right? Like it's... It's more... It's not as big as the Grand Canyon as far as like mm-hmm. the grandness or even how many people know about it but every time i tell people about it and they go there they're just like yep that place is that place is amazing right yeah and i kind of think because if you think about old history um a lot of the people that traveled through um up to phoenix area or like kind of northern arizona area they started um you know in the mexico yeah what we call mexico now right area and they came up from there, um, including animals, megafauna and things like that. So, so it's kind of like makes sense that that place has an energy to it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the south east part of of Arizona, you know, where where there was this divide and there and there was water, you know, in Mexico on the right and left. So there was probably a lot of kind of life that a lot of I that was migrated, say a lot of life There's a that life. migrated mm-hmm. life of animals, life of people, sure, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Those are the top three for number three. And, for uh, four, number four. <laughs> for number four. And number five, um, favorite groups you're listening to currently and why? So I'll just try to do That like, one's a tough one. Honestly, I, I, I'm really surprised that you put that one in there in your yeah. Los Cinco's because it evolves day to day, week to oh, week. Oh, it is. It it's is. It's tough. So let's hear how you answer that yourself. Let's do Let's do for this week. Let's um, do for this week. What are you listening yeah, to? Yeah, because I listen to so No, as a purveyor of music, of music, I get that. Um, so yeah, what caught your ear this week? So this week... Um, I do tend to listen to one new artist, so I have like a rotation system, sure. right? Um there's artists, smart. <laughs> yeah. There's artists that I listen to more now because of, um, because I'm always performing or always making music. So now it's been more instrumental. Sure. And I think for a lot of people, it works well for work or for just like going from place to place to have some instrumental music behind you. You know. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, but uh, Chinese man, 
is one of my favorite radio stations that I have on Pandora. So I'd say that's one. Um, I'd say another new influence that I've been really into and listening to a lot is, um, let's see, this week. Uh, I think it'd have to say, because I'm trying to wait between these two groups, I'd have to say Beach House. Okay. Have you ever heard of those guys? No, doesn't. Yeah, Beach House, like really chill, like vibe. Um, you know, kind of like newer music, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but you know, that's kind of another, they, there's some lyrical content there. Um, but, and I'd say the last one for this week, this new week is going to be Gary Clark Jr. He's an artist since I've been in the band Mason, my blues band, um, that I've listened to a lot. He, I've had that out. The The CD has been stayed in my car over the last like three weeks. Well, it hasn't come out. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. It's uh, next time we sit down, I'm going to talk yeah. to you about that because I okay. had a great time with that album. Awesome. Uh, so that's like the top three, like a blues rock kind of influence. It's more modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, also like the instrumental thing and then kind of this weird offshoot of like you know, chill, new. You, you should check out Beach House. Okay. These guys are pretty cool. So, all right. So there you go. There's well, Los Cinco's. Los Cinco's. Sorry, me. I'm Jacob Acosta. <laughs> At least for this week, right? <laughs> right. Um, so then I'm going to ask you just an, an addendum question. I just want to throw one in there of my okay. own. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to choose because I had a few that I, had, oh, yeah. I put down for you. Choose wisely. Uh, and I'm going to try and choose wisely. I've mm. actually got two. And I'm going to let you choose between the two. Okay. And then we'll save the, the, the second one for the next time you sit down. Cool. And that's assuming a lot. That's me assuming that you'll you grace us with your presence one more time <laughs> You know what? At least. I've had such a good time. I will be back again. So that's don't awesome. worry about that. We love to hear that. So here are the two questions. Um, if you could do a tribute album. Wow. Um, okay. For whom would the tribute album be? And who would be your dream list to be on that album? So it would be you, obviously, and then, of course, anyone else you could invite to be on that tribute album. Now, is this past or present existing people? It, it, it needn't matter. Yeah, dream list. Dream list. Dream list. Dream list. And then oh. lastly, um, if it weren't music, what would it be? What would be your your passion? What would you? What would be the secondary passion? Okay. Wow. So, and then, and that also leave our listeners with a, a good like cliffhanger to tune in next time to hear what you have to say on the second question whatever let's you say play let's play a song here oh i love that give me a time give me a little time because this <laughs> is a big question and i've got to have a big answer so so uh let's pick another artist here from uh desert noise here to talk or to feature <clears throat> um desert noise jake's uh online blog that you can all check out uh, featuring local arizona artists tucson and uh, the other metro areas um, that's right yeah so check it out cool let's do a song here by uh the phoenix afrobeat orchestra this is a uh, the second artist i featured on the blog this year and they uh, had a great record i actually know the trumpet player from this group they opened for the roots once cool in phoenix i think so um this is phoenix afrobeat orchestra they're this huge band they know how to get the room moving and uh The song is called Come With Us.
That's a little uh, bit of the Phoenix yeah. Afrobeat <laughs> Orchestra, man. Those guys are sick. Oh, man. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a trumpet player, but I did play trumpet, and that, that um, inspires me to go back. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. You know? Oh, yeah. Trumpet's a great instrument. That was, yeah. like, my favorite when I was learning the brass instruments mm-hmm. in, in music school. That was, yeah. like, the one. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, but then in my uh, ignorant youth, I was like, well, this isn't very rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Whatever. But yeah. Right? Yeah. Well. All right. So here's like, your qu- here, I have the answer to okay, the question. The question. This is a big question. Yeah. What tribute Awesome. So album that's the one you're going to do. Would you do, right? And with what artists? Yes. Right? So I've actually had some of this actually set up in previous. I had a, a similar. It wasn't a tribute album. It was just to do a record. Sure. Or do, you know, performance with somebody of these types of caliber. So here we go. Past and present. New and old. Um, I would want to do an album tribute to The Wall by Pink Floyd. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's oh, ambitious. Oh, yes. That's ambitious. With George Harrison on guitar, uh-huh. right, from the Beatles. I'd also want Prince as the lead <laughs> guitar player. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> right. Oh, let's go. Let's. Yeah. So those are the guitar okay. players. Those right. are like the main two. Where I'm like, okay, I won't need a bigger guitar section than that. No. Right. Let's go next to the drummer because this is an important one, right? The drummer of the tribute band, um, is gotta be Neil Peart. It's gotta be him. Okay. Nobody can, I think, recreate a big enough drum sound to kind of equate what we're going for here if we're going to be covering the tribute album to the yeah. wall, right? Um, so let's go next to, uh, you know, what you would consider either singers or instrumental performers or other people involved, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. This will make it harder. This will make okay. it harder for me to be kind of a more presence in the band, but Freddie Mercury. From Queen, because mm-hmm. he can play the piano, he can sing, he's yeah. incredible, his range is just like otherworld, right? Otherworldly, and, uh, you know, he's a piano player. Yeah. That's his, uh, that's one of his big things, and he's a singer. So there's that one. Then I'd also have on synth Rick Wakeman from Yes. Okay. So this guy is just like psychotically talented on the keyboards. This guy would be more, so like, Freddie's coming more from like the arrangement side. He's a great piano player, but yeah. Rick Wakeman is a shredder on the piano, right? So that I have Prince, right, who's the shredder on the guitar. Yeah. You need the shredder on the piano, too, yeah. in the synths, right? The extra, the extra sounds, right? Um, and then I'd have to say, probably for equal amount of like engagement of the crowd and presence, James Brown. <laughs> I mean... Because I, okay. I, I could do all, all right. the like, all right. I could do all the inner, inner mixed singing. Okay. Right. But really, without James Brown, I mean, we don't have the uh, dance element, right? You need a little bit of that going in there, that too. Would, that would bring it. So I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I'd probably play like the kazoo in this band. Okay. Or no. <laughs> no, I'd be, I'd be in there. I'd okay. be in there somewhere. But, but uh, that's kind of like, think like, wouldn't it be the most sure. unique performances of a tribute album ever in the history of like Absolutely. all music? Because you get like the soul element, sure. you get the epic rock elements, you get the prog rock elements too, you get the shredders and the guys who are multi instrumentalists yeah. who can pretty much do anything. Yeah. 
Um, and I wish I could add more. You're people. almost bringing me to tears to the, you oh. know, that. Is like the, that is like a fantastic. I feel answer. like there's so many. Yeah. I feel like there's so many more people you could oh, add there are. too. Like, there are. But I'd be worried about their ego. I don't want them to. <laughs> I don't want them to get to it. You notice I didn't put John Lennon. I didn't put yeah. Paul McCartney. Yeah. I don't want to put like guys that are just too. I mean Prince. Maybe he's got a little of that going on, but he's kind of an alien. I don't think he. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think he interacts yeah. with the world it's a the different, same way. Different he's a different mm-hmm. person, yeah. right? Okay. Like he's just a weirdo, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury, weirdo, yeah. perfect, great. Let's let's keep it weird, guys. Let's let's go let's go down that world as I hit the spring <laughs> right over here. Bing, and then um, I don't know. I'd probably have David Bowie as a producer, maybe. Okay, now something like that. <laughs> Something Bowie's like that. The album. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, when you first walked in here tonight, yes. you like basically began the. You walked through the door of the red room, and you just said, "I've got something about David Bowie." We got to talk about Bowie. All right, we got to talk about him real quick because something just happened recently. Um, I don't even know what to expect from this right now. I'm 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 intrigued. All right, so David Bowie. Obviously, a very sad day when he passed, and, and his birthday was January eighth, nineteen forty-seven, was when he was born. Um, but recently, January eighth, he had his birthday, and I, I, I'm not messing with you. The day of his birthday, kind of time, me and my lady were watching Flight of the Concords on Netflix, and the episode we watched was the Bowie episode. Yes. I was like, "What's going on? What's Why is this happening right now?" <laughs> Bowie's talking to us. He's because talking the stars to us. aligned. The stars have aligned. I am huge into the cosmic forces. Yeah. You walk into my music practice room, you'll be like, oh, yeah, this guy is into the universe. I mean, I mean it's not like crazy. It's not like I don't have like telescopes and stuff going on. <laughs> but like, you know, I am hugely in tune, I think, from my at least enjoyment of the cosmic force of like wanting to acknowledge that there are things that we just don't understand man I and maybe maybe it's not a god maybe it is a god it's 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 to me just cosmic it's mm-hmm. just we exist in this kind of place in the universe that that if you're trying to tune in or pay attention you know maybe there's things that are going on in another plane that we're just not we're not even picking up on yet yeah. you know what i mean so so that's kind of how I feel and when I see stuff like that happen in my life where I'm like, oh, crap, we're watching this Bowie episode <laughs> today. Like, it wasn't this even a choice. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even, like, think about that element when we had started it up because, you know, things like that just yeah. kind of cosmic forces. So that was my little Bowie star. I enjoyed that. I got to see uh, one of the members of Flight of the Concords dress up like David Bowie yes. in this episode, right? And and he's... He sells, it's one of my favorite episodes. He says all these creepy things to Brett where he's going to like... Get an eye patch. Yeah, get an eye patch, man. <laughs> and, and, you know, who cares? You know, I'm Bowie. I'm probably not the best person to take, you know, expertise, uh, <laughs> advice from. But, hey, go for it. Do it. I've actually got to go to a party in space, you know? <laughs> and I'm like... Hey, you freaky old bastard, you. <laughs> I really hope Bowie is in a party in space somewhere because I think that's where is. he belongs. Yes, I would agree. And it's been what two years now? Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was rough, but to Bowie, to Bowie. Cheers, cheers. <clears throat> Thing I'm gonna drop left. Let me give you let me give you a little bit more here. Thanks, I'll there take you it. You betcha. There you go. Thanks. All right, to Bowie. To Bowie. I think that's a good way to end this one, eh? I think it is. To Bowie. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it has been my distinct pleasure 
to have uh, Jacob of Kosovo. No, you're, you're too kind. In you're, the, uh, <laughs> you're too kind, man. Uh, in, no, no, no. Not in the least. Um, it's, I appreciate it, man. It's been great having you here. And I, I look awesome. forward to you coming back. No, no, let's do it again. Let's okay. do it again. Let's not hide away, right? Let's uh, let's do it. Let's go forward. There's a lot more to talk about. There is. There is always more to talk about. Uh, do you mind if I play a little song to kind of play us out here? Let's let's do a little outro, and then we'll do the song outro. And then for everyone uh, listening, you can check out those links. We're going to post them with the description. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. This has been uh, Resonance from the Red Room. I'm your host, Mitch Proctor. We've had Mr. Jacob Acosta. And we're outroing with what? Foggy Mountain Psychological Breakdown by Golden Boots, Tucson band from the album Halt. Y'all keep it spooky. Here we go.